Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. As always, I am Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, 2018. Happy New Year. It's Happy New Year. I always say Happy New Year. Happy New Year's Day. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Day. But how was your break? Um, I'm Simone Malaz. Oh, that's right. Restore Retreat. (laughs) Yes. Don't take that for granted. Um, Our break was good. How about you? It was good. Good. You know, cold weather, but... It was nice. I like when it's cold for Christmas. I don't like when it's hot and muggy. And I agree. Like so I heard it was a 40 degree swing between this week and the Saints game on Sunday. Oh, my. well, right. Nice. So the Saints are in the playoffs, division yes. champions. That's all because Ryan was here last Ryan time. Ryan was here and he he predicted it, you he know, did. and I love that meme that's like, you know, you can't do four seasons in the <laughs> same week and then New Orleans is like, hold my beer. I got this. So we, we're going to kick off the show. We've got a great yes. show. Talk about 2018, but first we've got some late breaking news. <laughs> For the first time on Delta Dispatches, we're able to break news, and I'm so excited. Can't wait. You may have not seen this. I don't think I have. But Louisiana's Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority is on Twitter. Oh my gosh. At Louisiana CPRA. Follow them now. 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 I got to do that right now. Yeah. I'm going to tag them. I'm going to tag them in the. We're talking about Delta Dispatches. Well, tomorrow is Follow Friday. Hashtag uh, I love FF. It. So I love make it. sure you send out your Follow Fridays and. Follow Louisiana's it's Friday at Louisiana yeah. CPRA. It, yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Yay. Yay, CPRA. So what else do we have going on? So, um, I, so today we're going to take a look back. Um, uh, we're going to take a look back with one of our guests who had a really great op-ed around New Year's um, talking about the successes of 2017 and some things that we have to look forward to in 2018. Uh, we're going to have our good friend on from CRCL, Jimmy Frederick, and he's going to talk about some of the things that they have going on in 2018 as well. They have their usual volunteer opportunities, but also this is a state of the coast year. And so mm-hmm. for us coasties, uh, that happens every other year. And so that's usually a really big deal when it comes along. And so they, we have some um, we have some dates and some deadlines and some information about that. It's also Christmas tree picking up time. Yes, it is. And we actually we're, we may have a show, have some of the parishes yes. that are involved in Christmas tree recycling on to talk about the program. But it's been going on for a while. And, you know, it's interesting when I talk about coastal restoration, my job to the average person, a lot of times they like go to the Christmas trees because it's such a relatable thing that people know. Um, So, you know, we don't do that ourselves, but obviously there are parishes involved, Orleans, Tangipahoa, Jefferson. Absolutely. Um, So if you're taking down the tree, like many people are right now, and it's a real tree, not artificial. Mm -hmm. We do real trees. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be flocked. Mm -mm. You got to make sure all the hooks Mm -hmm. and glitter and stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't have any of that. No glitter. Glitter. (laughs) Whatever they're called. The trimmings. (laughs) Take it all off your tree and put it to work for the coast. So Sarah Sneath, who's with Tom Spicune, has a great article on NOLA.com giving you everything you need to know about how to recycle your tree. But um, for New Orleans, put your tree on the curb January 11th and 13th, and they'll pick it up. Jefferson Parish, um, you know, the 10th, they'll pick up the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Um, St. Charles, uh, 8th, 9th, and 10th is pick up. And then Tangipahoa actually has numerous... Uh, drop-off locations, including Middendorf. So mm, you can go and yes, get some catfish go. Let's go. and drop off your tree at yes. the same time. Yes, we'll drop off the Malaw's nine-foot tree. <laughs> we'll we'll strap it on the you top of the car. got a nine-footer. That's we'll impressive. Get, uh-huh. It's like, well, we you don't know, play in the mo- number one fan, Chip Klein, did say his favorite um, Christmas movie was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. How did you not so. say Home Alone, by the way? Oh, really? I love 
National Lampoons. I uh, guess Home Alone's such a classic, though, too. I guess so. I guess so. Um, next week, to, no, not to jump ahead, yeah. but next week we're going to talk about the annual plan. Uh, that's the uh, fiscal year 19 document. That's a three-year look ahead. Um, they're spending priorities. We're going to have somebody on from CPRA to talk about it then, but we have mm-hmm. some meetings coming up next week, January 8th, 9th, and 10th. The 8th in Bell Chase, the 9th in Homa, and the 10th in Lake Charles. There's a 5.30 open house and a 6.30 public hearing. So we'll be talking about that more next week. Yeah, and we're probably going to be talking about this a lot in the, on the coming shows this year just because, you know, we've talked about the master plan. The master plan is an important overall blueprint kind of framework of projects over the next five years. But the annual plan is what funds it, yeah, what puts the absolutely. money to work. So um, that's happening and kicking Where off. Where the rudder meets the road. There you go. That's a there you go. Joke one, other, one other thing right before we get to our guest. So I noticed that Restore Retreat mm-hmm. and the organization for our next guest, Environmental Defense Fund, mm-hmm. were both mentioned in the annual plan. Yeah, whoop, whoop. Talking about um, financing. Finance, yeah. finance, all the fun work with finance. We've had Shannon Kniff on the show before. And so it was a really great nod and a mention. And so uh, we look forward to working with them on that. So Great. Well, let's welcome our next guest. He was actually our, our inaugural guest, guest yes. so it's only appropriate that we bring him back on the inaugural show of 2018. So this is actually only his second time back. So, um, but he's so good that we have to wait a year in between. Yeah, time. you, you want to like you know make sure we're savoring and and you know getting the most out of. You heard that, Steve Cochran? <laughs> we want to make sure that we savor our time with you. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice way of saying. Oh God, we have to have him back. Oh my lord! No, we love <laughs> we having wait a year anyway. No, no, we we um. Hey, look, we only had you know one shot at our first guest ever, and you were our first guest. So here we are, almost forty episodes later. You probably didn't think we were even gonna last, and here we are. We have another fan. We had another fan. Um, she is your coworker, um, but it still counts as a fan. And so, welcome back to Delta Dispatches. Welcome Steve. back, Steve Cochran, campaign director with Restore the Mississippi River Delta and vice president with Environmental Defense Fund. How was your New Year, Steve? Oh. <laughs> it's great. It's really you guys have turned into radio people. Man. I know. This is outstanding. This yeah, is really fun. We're a lot funnier than you thought we were, or we think we're a lot funnier <laughs> than we thought we were. <laughs> uh, you're a lot funnier on the radio, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah. true too. So you penned a great op-ed around New Year's, and so um, it was a wonderful look back to the successes of, of 2017, and um, but also. Uh, you looked forward to 2018 as well. So we, we kind of wanted to kick off our, our first show of 2018 that way, too. So tell us a little bit about that op-ed and, and some of the highlights there. You know, all of us who do this work day in and day out, you, you sort of, it's pretty easy to lose perspective. And so it's nice to be able to step back a little bit and just think about things. And, and it looked to us really that, that 2017 was a, a really important year. We, we, we did the, the master plan to get put in place, which it needs to every five years so it can be updated. And you guys talk about that a lot. But, you know, it, we sort of take it for granted because, uh, because frankly, the, uh, the governor and the and the legislature have done a good job of of keeping on track and getting these plans done and passing them unanimously, all that stuff. And so, but we so we sort of take take it for granted. But it but it really matters because it it not only is the plan that allows us to go forward, which is which is essential to have a plan to do that, but it also communicates effectively outward that that the commitment is there and that it's and these things are going to happen. So it so it's really encouraging to see. And 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 I said, you know, we're we're involved in it daily, and so it's. So Sort of slips on by, and then you step back and go. You know that was a big thing, and we gotta we gotta make sure that we note that. Um, and and of course the uh, the the other sort of big thing uh, that kind of got started, I think, um, 
uh, this year, uh, really, really for the first full time, was the kind of um, engagement um, at the local level. The um, we certainly have had a number of public hearings, and the master plan did that really well this year and uh, over the last uh, couple of years. And uh, but but this was a, a beginning point for uh, a couple of things, partly from the master plan, and you know, in this case, the master plan put forward a real. Uh, uh, information so that people at the local level and communities and parish level could really begin to understand in black and white and kind of what we're talking about here from a risk perspective. And, you know, all of us who live along the coast understand that we live here. We live here with hurricanes and all that sort of thing. And so risk is not a new word for us. We live here because we want to be here and we understand that. But trying to put it in, in perspective and look at it going forward and think about what it means for planning, about how do we manage this risk and how do we, how do we really want to do that? And being able to do that at a parish level requires that sort of information. And the, the master plan did a really good job, I think, of this year of putting out that information at that local level so that people can, can look at it and look at it and understand, looking forward, what the risks might be for where they live and then make decisions accordingly. I'm fine or, you know, maybe we ought to think about elevating or, you know, I'm not sure if I want to live with this risk and maybe I should move inland. So all those kinds of things are really individual decisions that people need to make for themselves, but they can't do that without information. And so the state began that process, which I think has been a good step forward. And and then I guess the last part of that is um, there was another process that got started called uh, Louisiana Safe, where uh, people in six parishes uh, had uh, the opportunity to to sit together over a number of discussions, a number of meetings, again, learn a lot about what the risk is in the parishes and the parts of the parishes where they live, but also contribute directly to thinking and planning and even suggestions of projects that might help them become more resilient at the local level. And in this case, uh, projects that are going to be recommended out of this will actually be funded and paid for uh, by the state uh, through a, uh, there was a competition that uh, the state won um, to put out ideas like this. And they got $40 million from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And and we we want to talk about that a little bit more, Steve, when we come back from the break. But we're running up against the clock, so hang on, and we'll be right back after the break. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana. Restore or Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, 
Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. Uh, we're excited to have Steve Cochran, Campaign Director for Restore the Mississippi River Delta and Vice President with Environmental Defense Fund, on the show again. Steve, before the break, before you got cut off, you were talking about um, the LA Safe program and kind of how important and innovative it was of a process um, that, you know, really took place over the last year. What's the latest with LA Safe and kind of what can we look forward to um, in, I guess, the months and years ahead? Yeah, I think uh, my understanding is that uh, the, the, the the public meetings and discussions and recommendations uh, now have been completed and uh, uh, probably sometime uh, middle, mid-spring, March, or, I think, uh, the, they will announce the initial uh, projects that are going to be funded uh, at each parish level along with some uh, uh, programs and policy uh, ideas uh, that uh, – uh, that'll be in the form of recommendations, and so uh, I think uh, more to learn, more to see how that's going to go forward, and and then we'll see uh, what's next. And I think that's something that a lot of people are talking about and trying to figure out at the the state level and the local level, and see how we can kind of continue these discussions. Yeah, and I think I mean you hit the nail on the head earlier when you talked about um, like long term planning. Think about risks outside of just hurricane season, right? But like, what is the risk right. over the coming years or decades, even? And um, having people being able to um, make decisions for themselves based on that. I think it, it really is important, um, obviously, as you know, so many coastal communities have been impacted by like land loss and storms, but often the decision making happens after a disaster. And so, you know, more and more, I think you're seeing that in a lot of places where you want to try to prevent that. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, a lot of a lot of times we don't want to do planning, and this is true in our lives or otherwise. You know, planning for hard things. Or, uh, but uh, the best place to be is uh, is to have a plan for what you're going to do uh, if things don't turn out the way you want them to be. And in this case, uh, being able to think about uh, how we might uh, make better plans for our future it makes a lot of sense. Uh, where those things might cost a lot of money, um, either we can decide as a community, as a state, that we're going to spend money uh, on some of these things if we decide we need to. But that's a that's a you know that's a community decision. That's a democratic decision. Or um, if it turns out that uh, that we uh, have a storm that we have to respond to, or something else like that. Ultimately, you know, we're in a place to actually be smart about how we respond because we've actually done the thinking and have a plan. So either way, it makes an awful lot of sense to really have these discussions going forward so that over time uh, we can really manage uh, manage our way to, to where we want to be. So, Steve, speaking about um, long-term plans and over time, you know, we talk about on the show a lot about diversions and how important they are to the long-term survivability of the Delta can you give us a little update on where we are with diversions and, and maybe what we have to look forward to in 2018? You know, the the, the big uh, diversion called the mid Terria is moving forward through the engineering and design phase. Uh, they're really, you know, these are these are uh, big projects that require and they need to be done right. Uh, so you have to take the time to do it and uh, some complexity associated with uh, how you're going to do them. And so all of that work is going on. Uh, the uh, there's a, a smaller diversion uh, called Mid Breton, 
uh, which would be on the on the Breton side, obviously. Uh, that'll be a little bit further north uh, on the east side of the river than the Mid Baratari one, and it's uh, uh, it's supposed to uh, begin engineering and design. Um, they've put a, a put uh, put out requests for proposals on that, so they're moving forward on that. So uh, next year is going to definitely be a year of of uh, of designing and engineering and uh, moving forward in the hard work that's necessary. The, the reason that stuff matters, obviously, is that you want to make sure these things are done right and you can't get to the construction phase, which is where we all want to get, uh, without that engineering and design and, and without the core signing off on that and making sure that all of those um, you know, eyes are eyes are dotted and T's are crossed and all that sort of stuff. So that's going to be the hard work. It's necessary work. It takes more time than any of us want to, but we have to do it and do it right. So that's going to be going on next year. So a lot of those decisions we know actually happens on the federal level in D.C. And you traveled to D.C. a lot, actually used to be a, a longtime resident there, right? So you traveled yep. to D.C. a lot to advocate for our coastal issues, because, again, that's where the decisions are happening you're going to be headed there next week, right? You want to tell us about that? Well, that's right. Yeah, we, there's... Um, or is that top secret? A, <laughs> and we yeah, just blew yeah. it. <laughs> I think it's been announced. Okay. <laughs> All right, because we could walk right. that back, and you could say that you I'm had a dentist what? appointment that's to right. go back yeah. to or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a one of the sort of fundamental laws that, that funds... Um, uh, uh, projects like we're talking about. It's called the Water Resources Development Act. It's uh, done every few years uh, in the Congress and uh, the the Senate committee called the Environment and Public Works Committee, which has jurisdiction over that sort of stuff, is beginning uh, in 2018 the, the push forward for a new Water Resources Development Act, which will take a couple of years to get done. So the kickoff hearing is next Wednesday, and uh, I actually think it's a, a good nod in the direction of people understanding how important the work is down here. Um, uh, the restored Mississippi River Delta Coalition was asked to testify to be one of the uh, five testi- uh, people providing testimony testimony about the importance of the work, uh, what needs to go forward, and particularly about the inclusion of what we're calling nature-based systems, which is certainly what we're using down here to try to make sure that we can protect ourselves. So it's really a nice compliment that we were asked to do it. Uh, Senator Cassidy has asked if he can introduce us, so that's a nice, nice. thing for, that's for excellent him to be able to do. We really appreciate that. And, uh, and so Must we're have been that good trip to, to Davis Pond we took him out on, on that very <laughs> cold, foggy right. day. <laughs> that's excellent steve you know they like um archive those testimonies for like ever and ever and that kind of stuff right so yeah right no, no typos in that or anything right no no pressure steve no pressure uh, all kidding that's why we work in a coalition so we can get it done, right? <laughs> all kidding aside i think that is a tremendous nod and and not just to our coast but to the campaign and, and to you and so don't screw it up, Steve. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> wow. I might get to go back in a year if I don't do it wrong. <laughs> so, Steve, you, I mean, you're, you've obviously been an amazing advocate for coastal issues and for Louisiana, both in D.C. and here, um, working in different capacities. Um, we'd like to kick off 2018 on a, on a hopeful, positive note. So, I mean, it, with your experience and, and the roles you've had, I mean, really, what gives you hope in the morning and what, you know, are you most looking forward to, not just in 2018, but in the years to come? You know that. So uh, my history was having grown up down here, worked down here for a long time. But then I moved to D.C. and lived there for 25 years. And I had started working on coastal issues just before I left. Um, and then I went to work uh, up there. When I came back, what I found was amazing to me. And I've been back about two and a half years ago. And this is what gives me hope more than anything else: the level of understanding and the level of commitment, and the and the level of shared 
agreement about what needs to be done here across party lines, across everything. It doesn't matter if you're red or blue or purple or in between. Everybody understands the importance of doing this work. And when you have that, you've got something that virtually nobody else has anywhere else. It really makes a huge difference. It matters politically. It matters financially. It matters at every level that people can really have a commitment to moving forward here. That doesn't mean that we'll always specifically agree on every specific project. Of course, that's not the case. But that level of overall agreement about the importance of this work and the need to go forward really is, is stronger than anything I've ever seen in 30 years of public advocacy on any issue that I've ever worked on. And that that is tremendously valuable, and that gives me tremendous hope going forward. You know, Steve, and same experience here. I mean, growing up and then moving away and then coming back to work on this issue, you know, yeah. you, we often hear about all the stuff Louisiana's doing wrong or, you know, how Louisiana's the worst, uh, last on the list. But I was just impressed and really amazed at how ahead of the game, ahead of the curve Louisiana is in terms of managing issues of coastal restoration, you know, flood protection, um, water management. And and so, you know, that is such a, a hopeful note um, to start the new year off on. Definitely. Comple- completely agree. Yes. So, Steve, you know, um, we like to ask fun questions around this joint. Um, we were talking about during the break, we had a heated discussion with BJ, our producer, about which the best, what are the best <laughs> king cakes around here. So there's only one right answer. Best king cake in New Orleans. The best king cake in New Orleans, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you an honest answer. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> you're stalling. Answer the when, question. When I, I have no idea what the right answer is. I'll tell you what I do. <laughs> when, I, when, when people, what I do is my, my job in life now is people call me from out of town, oh, from New York and D.C., and friends of mine are going, we're having a party and I need to get a king cake. Best king cake to it? ship. Right? And that's right. And I, I always tell them hi, Dells, and I tell ah, them which one to yeah, so, That's right. So. That's what I said. Simone's favorite. Uh-huh. All right, Steve. Go. Well, there thank you, you so much for being on again. Of course, we'll have you on. We'll, thank you, we'll, Steve. We'll do more than annually, I think. Yeah, man. You know. Well, we'll see, how yeah. next, we'll see how next week's testimony yeah. goes. Good luck next week. <laughs> Good right, travels exactly. to D.C. Um, thank you so much, Steve Cochran. Um, and we'll be right back after the break. Thank you, Steve. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. My name is Samuma Laws. We're here every Thursday on 990 WGSO and online at www.deltadispatches.org. Check out the Restore Mississippi River Delta and your Facebook pages. Yes. Yeah, and Restore Delta at Restore Delta on Twitter. Twitter. And now at Louisiana CPRA. Love it. Well, that's not us. That's the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. but. We want to make sure people are following them for the latest and greatest on coastal news. Giving them a shout out. Yes. Um, For our next segment, we want to welcome a repeat guest to the show. Jimmy Frederick, are you there? I am here. It is so difficult to follow Steve Cochran, but I appreciate (laughs) you allowing me to do that. Um, so not to slight Steve, but you've been on more frequently than Steve. So I don't have the cachet, though. I don't have the cachet. <laughs> I'm just a fill-in, and I'm happy to do it. Aww. Well, look, when you testify to Congress next time, we'll have you on right before, too, huh? Understood. No, I'm with you on that. <laughs> no, no, no pressure there. No pressure there. So let's let's just start out, you know, with a fun question yes, with let's. Jimmy, since it is Jimmy, and we, we love Jimmy. Favorite king cake, Jimmy? 
<laughs> He's going to say some you Baton know, Rouge king cake or something. Does do Baton they, Rouge have yeah, king cake? Do you have king cake at Baton Rouge? <laughs> we have king cake. They call We've it a ring of dough or something? September. Oh, boo. No. <laughs> uh-uh. No. No, I personally, I personally like Sucre. And I don't know if ah, I'm saying it right, but I like choice. Sucre. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good, that's the, Ooh, that's the bougie, got, yeah, bougie, bougie, bougie king cake. I'm just saying, I mean, when you talk about what's great, I mean, Hydell's is great, don't get me wrong, but... I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. You get that out of the way now. Now, now I feel like part of the family, and I appreciate that. There you go. There we go. We got the tough question out of the way. I will say, and I haven't been able to express my preference, which is of course Randazzo's, but big surprise there. <laughs> you know, Haydell's makes a cake called Da Parish, and it is icing and sugar and sprinkles. The excess package. I think I've wow. seen that. I think I've seen that. They're trying to cut into their market. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. So 2018, you are starting off the year in brand new digs with a beautiful view. Tell us yeah, about did, the yeah, new water campus in? and your office. Well, you know, it, it really is uh, <laughs> really is an incredible place because it is it's the water campus. We're really literally right on the river with the Water Institute of the Gulf. I am looking out my window in my mm, office right now. And I, I, I know. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm not seeing the river, but I am seeing... The CPRA building. Nice. And the Center the for River Studies. River nice. Yeah. And, Excellent. Um, uh, so it really is. It, it's really it's really neat to have everybody so close together, so much interaction between folks that are doing what we're doing. They're actually also doing the science here at the Water Institute of the Gulf, along with the MRD and, and CRCL and CPRA. So it's just, um, it, it's really a, a whole new uh, opportunity for CRCL and for us to be a part of, of what's really going on with coastal restoration. Do you, does your body still want to drive to the old office? Or are you so excited you about know, the I'll new office that you, you I like? I actually yes. almost drove to the old office <laughs> on Wednesday mo- yesterday morning when I was headed that way. I was like, whoops. And then you're like, no, my new office has nice brand new heaters and we can... That's right. <laughs> exactly right. The well, old office had an atrium. <laughs> you also had an exciting end to 2017. You interviewed Louisiana and Congressman Garrett Graves, right? Y'all had some alumni connection, right? But more importantly, y'all talked about the coast. Tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about your chat. Well, you know, Garrett and I do go way back. We were classmates in elementary school. Bears. uh, Catholic High Bears. Catholic High School. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, But the most important Mm -hmm. thing is is that Garrett is, is, um, is in Congress fighting for coastal Louisiana. And I think that's what really we took out of that conversation is the fact that um, with all the things that are going on at the federal level, and you can go in any direction you want there, but when it comes down to it, uh, Garrett Graves and our Louisiana delega- delegation are really working toward making sure that Louisiana has what we need to ensure that our coast is, is, uh, is funded, uh, the restoration is a top priority, and it was just an enjoyable conversation uh, when you get down to some of the things that we talked about, especially the fact that he actually tried to get Cajuns put on the endangered species list. I think that's a great way to think about it, because we are endangered if we don't do something about our coast. Yeah, Garrett has been a great champion for us. You know, he he worked in D.C. for a long time uh, for congressmen and and for senators. And he came back home to be part of the uh, Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority to lead that and then went back to be one of those decision makers. And so he's always been a really great advocate, whether he's here in Louisiana or back in um, back in Washington. And, And he's still maintained that connection, which is really great. He still has such a close relationship. I know for his um 
um, for his district in Baton Rouge in that area. He comes all the way to Thibodeau, too. He's very visible. He's seen a lot, and he does a lot um, right. still here. So he's not just one of those, you know, stays in D.C. guys, too. So, yeah, Garrett's a great champion. So let's talk about some of the things you have uh, coming up in uh, 2018 at the Coalition. What are some of the things on deck? Let's start with maybe State of the Coast. Well, I think that is our biggest uh, event that we have coming up, and that's our biennial conference. It's our fifth iteration of, of State of the Coast. Um, it started back in 2010, and it has grown ever since. And it is really the largest um, gathering of scientists, of decision makers, of elected officials, of, of, of businesses that are involved in coastal restoration, not just to talk about the business of coastal restoration, but talk about the scientific um, uh, leaps forward that we have made as a state, and um, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, it, it is going to be from uh, in, in the latter part of May, from uh, May 30th to June 1st, and it's going to be down in New Orleans at the Morial Convention Center, and we are accepting uh, abstracts for those of you who may be in the scientific field or, or other fields that want to put in uh, an abstract, which is basically for the layman, it's an opportunity for you to um, talk about your academic work, and uh, we'll be doing that through the deadline is tomorrow. So if you're out there and you're working on your abstract, get it in. You have till midnight tomorrow. Um, but the other part of, of State of the Coast, which I think is really cool that we started two years ago in uh, 2016, is our um, Restoration on the Half Shell. And that is a program that we do on Friday morning for half a day where it really focuses on the layman's opportunity to learn about coastal restoration, about why the coast is in the dire straits that it's in, and then what we're doing about it. But it's also much more entertaining than just necessarily talking about the coastal master plan, although that is very important and a very um, uh, important part of what we talk about. But we do it in a way that is much more entertaining. It's more interactive, and you can really get some great information there. So we're going to be pushing that over the course of the next few months, and uh, we'll be doing that on June 1st. It'll be Friday morning, and you'll have full access to the conference, to the exhibit hall, to all the posters, and to some of the oral presentations that uh, so many people are, are putting together. So uh, be looking for that. Uh, we're really excited about bringing that back to the to the uh, to this conference. Yeah, and you know we'll certainly be giving updates and have you back on to talk about it as more announcements come out. And I just have to say, I mean, it was such an important um, conference for me, kind of starting out in this role to just learn so much so quickly. Um, and I just really loved the cross disciplinary nature of the conference. And like you said, Jimmy, you have you know business people there, you have policymakers, you have scientists, you have lay people who are just, you know, very interested in what's happening because it affects them. Um, and there is no better kind of forum for all of those minds um, to come together. And I know last time there was the governor was there and gave a speech as, as well as the mayor. Um, and he made some news in that speech. So no doubt you'll have some great um, keynote speakers as well for this conference. Yeah, Jimmy, do y'all have like a theme that y'all y'all usually go with? Y'all don't have one overall theme, but y'all do focus on a couple of things like human dimensions or some things like that, right? right? We don't, I don't know that we have a, a designated theme, but one of the things that we are focused on this time is future leaders. And, and part of what is going to be part of the State of the Coast Conference is something that CRCL is putting together, and we're calling it the 300. Uh, it kind of ties into the 300th anniversary of New Orleans, but we're going to be getting um, students from area high schools around coastal Louisiana and actually throughout the state to come down, be a part of a several-month process where they'll get to go on field trips, they'll get to see 
Coastal Restoration at work. They'll get to come and see the, the small river model here at, on, on the water campus and, and several other things. And they're going to be part of the conference. So we're, we're really focused on, on future leaders uh, in this space, whether it be a scientist, whether it be a policy person, um, or, or whether it be some other business person. So uh, that's kind of what we're, we're kind of focusing on this year. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's such an important um, focus because we've talked about this a little bit, but the need for a greater coastal literacy across, um, you know, all levels, but I mean, really from the, you know, lowest levels of education on up to college, graduate degrees, and the opportunities that exist for people to um, get involved in the coast, have careers working on these issues. I mean, they're not going away anytime soon. And so um, it's important that, you know, through efforts like this, you build up the coastal literacy program. And I know, um, you know, the Center for River Studies is going to have a whole focus on um, career coastal careers and ways that, you know, if you're interested in pursuing this as a career, you can, you know, do that and, and really make this your living. Yeah, Jimmy, we're about to go into a break right now. If you stick with us, we want to talk about some more exciting things happening at the coalition. But can you give us some quick ways to find you guys online, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of stuff? Certainly. Um, of course, our, our uh, website is crcl.org. It's easy to find. You can find us on uh, Facebook at uh, CRCL1988. And same thing with uh, Twitter, CRCL1988. Okay, Jimmy, will you hang on with us through one more break? I am at your beck and call. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. We'll talk to you soon. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on 990 WGSO. We'll be right back. Hello, we're back, and this is Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. Um, we're joined by our esteemed colleague, Jimmy Frederick, with the Coalition of Store Coastal Louisiana. I, hey, guys, I appreciate it. I, I don't know that I'm esteemed, but I sure am a colleague. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about before the break, the State of the Coast Conference, but y'all do some good work throughout the year, especially with some of your volunteer events. So tell us, you've been on the show before talking about um, oyster recycling, and but let's talk about that some more, and then let's talk about 10,000 trees. Who counts the trees? Let's start there. Uh, restore the Earth Foundation because they're helping us out get the trees. So I'm going I'm with them. Uh, it's not me, I can tell you that because I only can only count to five. One, two. Uh, but you know, the t- just just really quick on the ten thousand trees. You know, it's really really cool. We uh, we have a great partnership with LPBF, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation, and and they have been helping us monitor our tree planting over the last few years. And uh, when we first started our tree planting. There was no, we just planted the trees and that was it. And then we found out that Nutria mm-hmm. ate all the trees. Uh, well, at some point, we, did, we realized that we needed to have a Rats. Nutria protector on it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a biodegradable Nutria protector that stays on the tree. It keeps the Nutria from eating the trees. And we now have an 80% survival nice. rate, which That's is awesome. truly amazing when you think about it. So some of these coastal forests that have been devastated by Katrina, Isaac, some of the other hurricanes, and just also just saltwater inundation, uh, saltwater intrusion, they're surviving and they're repopulating uh, the coastal forest, which is awesome. And what a cool way to like do some adaptive management, right? Only in Louisiana would Nutria eat the trees, right? And right. so it's thinking right. on your feet and doing what you can and making that change. Yeah, like what can we do to avoid that in the future? And, you know, um, 
Jimmy, you know this, but when we did our priority projects release, mm-hmm. we went out and we got to see some of the trees that have been planted that, you know, years in the past and how they're growing and taken off. And I know LPBF's done a lot of monitoring and finding that since the closure of the Mississippi River Gulf Outlet, Mr. Go, yeah. salinities have gone down. And so it's really optimal to they're plant thriving. the yeah. trees now. And I have to say, I went out with my rugby team last year. How many trees did you plant? I think collectively, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, minus a few zeros, but (laughs) no, I mean, we, we planted a good amount and I would have to say it was one of the most fun experiences of 2017. And, you know, these rugby guys, they've never been out in the swamps before many of them. And they were like, when can we go back? So it's such a great experience. You need to go, go to crcl.org, sign up, volunteer, bring your, you know, family, church group, whomever, and get out there and start planting some trees. Yeah, Jimmy, that's one thing. Y'all can accommodate groups, right? Not just individuals, but it is oh, a good group activity. So, absolutely. So who who can volunteer? Tell us the kind of work. Y'all have some rules, right? Yeah, you know, we don't really have too many rules, but we it is, it is uh, we do have some rules about age, just because of the physicality of mm-hmm. what we're doing and, and some of the Yeah, and an easy an easy day, right? I mean, no, it's, it's a, I mean, it's yeah. hard work, but... Hey, like you want to get some fitness in yeah. New Year's resolution? It's a great right. way to do hey. it. Not in my list, shock. Thank you. <laughs> it's all about giving back to the coast, right. to yourself, <laughs> and to the trees. Well, we talked about Christmas trees earlier, and people embrace that because that's their way that they can contribute. And I think the same thing about these volunteer activities. Not a lot of people get to spend as much time in the marshes they may want to. This is a great way to get them to do that and also to do some work, put some sweat equity in. And so I'd really value all these volunteer opportunities to get folks out there. So I'm grateful for organizations like Coalition. They, they just have a great formula at CRCL about how to do volunteer activities and how to, um, how to get people coming back, too. So tell us where people can find those dates and how to sign up. It's really easy. Go to our go to our website, which is crcl.org. Go to the calendar button, and then you'll see all we have. We have lots of of different opportunities. Uh, we had to move our uh, tree planting that we were going to do this week because of the cold Ooh, weather. Just cold. Not 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 conducive to being out in the marsh and in the water so much. Um, so we moved it to next week. So you got opportunities there. Uh, you know, and if you don't want to do physical activity so much, go to some of our are all of our participating oyster shell recycling restaurants, which there are now 15 of them. That's my kind of, mm, that's my kind of New Year's resolution, it's a, it's right? A simple, delicious way to give back to our coast. Don't. Wait, what, what's, I can't, I'm what's gonna, the, I'm what's get the tagline, by Jimmy? BJ if I try. Well, we have two taglines. One is, it's a simple and delicious way to give back to our coast. Okay. And the other, the other one, one is, what's the other one? once you shuck them, don't just chuck them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't See? say that too fast, but... You know, if you're if you're not into the New Year's resolutions and the you know fitness and exercise and planting I'm not, trees, I'm not. <laughs> why don't you go eat some oysters? That, and, that I can. You eat. know, that'll help right. restore. They have the that coast. at Rocking Carlos. Yeah, well, no, I don't think they have oysters at Rocking Carlos. <laughs> but what are some? I mean, at least not raw. But what are the um, restaurants that participate? Or some of them? Um, uh, we have Pesh. Mm. Uh, uh, we need Dragos over in uh, in the Hilton. Uh, we've got Redfish Grill. We've got uh, just uh, uh, lots of different names. Ones. Uh, All Cuda these Brown. names, yeah, people would. Um, we have lots of opportunities yeah. for people to get involved. And, you know, I'm going to break some news for you. And no <gasps> More breaking news. And I'm not even sure my boss really Do does. it. Do Ooh. it, Jimmy. Oh, do it. We're going to be doing something called the Shellabration. <laughs> I love it. And that is going to, we're, a, we're a, about to release, man, I'm in. 
Do it, Jimmy. Spill it. Nobody listens to this anyway. We're about to release (laughs) an oyster shell recycling restaurant guide. Awesome. We're going to give you all the restaurants that are in part of the program. Uh, We're going to be putting those in in all the tourist centers coming into Louisiana. And, of course, all around around New Orleans. I'll throw them off the Mardi Gras float if you want me to. Hey. What's your crew again? I forgot. Iris. Third um, biggest parade. Thanks. March 8th. Please mark your calendars at Urban South Brewery. Nice. We are going to be doing a very special event. We're going to have a couple of things, not a couple, a bunch of things leading up to that that you'll be able to possibly Can win. Can we do a taste prizes. test? So, we'll do a that? taste test on the air. <laughs> Who has hey, the best listen, no, I'm going to have to not call <laughs> in for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. It'll get a little slurpy, some sound effects and stuff. That is awesome, Jimmy. And like, you know, what a better way. You're right, because like tourists, they love oysters. They love our food. And then you're able to connect it into the issues. Very smart. And and locals, you know. Very smart. Well, well thank you for breaking news. I mean, yes. look out. Washington Post and New York Times. It's two breaking news items that we've had on the show today. I know. We better stop while we're ahead. <laughs> no, no, this is never going to happen again in 2018. <laughs> well, Jimmy, we are so grateful that you came on the show. Our first show of the new year to talk about CRCL's exciting year. We definitely want to have you back on for State of the Coast. And now for the celebration, we'll have to, to chat with you again. You also, you'll have an awards uh, ceremony later on in the year. We'll have you back. We love you as a guest. You're always so helpful, so full of information. You make our jobs a lot easier. So thanks for being on the show, Jimmy. You guys rock. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. All right, right, Giacomo, let's talk about the week that we have coming up. Yeah, so again, just to reiterate, um, we're going into the annual plan. So we'll talk about that, what that means, you know, what's in the annual plan, all of those things. But um, if you want to go to a public hearing to learn more about them, to give feedback, um, they're happening, three of them next week, January 8th in Bell Chase, Bell Chase Auditorium, January 9th, Homa Terrebonne Civic Center, and January 10th at the Lake Charles Civic Center. Open house starts at 5.30, and then the actual hearing starts at 6.30, um, and then again, um, we talked about uh, Christmas tree recycling. Yes. Make sure to yes. go find your parish information. You can go to NOLA.com, look for Christmas tree recycling. Um, and they have the information about when you should put your trees out, um, who's going to pick them up, all of that sort of thing. Yeah, I think, um, so did Sarah do that? That's a great Sarah Sneath, yes. Yeah, that's great because everybody does look for that at this mm-hmm. time of year. You know, they're they're ready to get rid of their Christmas tree. But it's so awesome now that that's at the top of people's minds that they want to know when they should put it out to help. And so I think that's really great um, that people have that in mind. And so maybe uh, on MRD we can post some of that information to be able yeah, to share. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll share it on our uh, Facebook page Um I restore the Mississippi River Delta and make sure that folks have it. Okay. Well, great show. Yay. High Good five. show. Can't Here's to 2018. Here's I mean, 2018. you know, more success. Who knows how many shows we'll have by the I end of the year. I hope we haven't hit a high point. And- oh, no. It's only up from here. <laughs> Come on. We've broken like two stories today. I know. That's, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I need to check the Google alerts on my phone. We're probably <laughs> blowing up right now. So Blowing up. It's only up from here. Um, go Saints. Go Saints. Yeah, we're at home. We're in the dome. We're going to do it. And on Saturday, you can actually go out and get king cake, but don't have king cake beforehand. No, you can't do that. BJ probably does stuff like that. (laughs) Christmas king cake and stuff. Get out of here. Please, get out of town. All right. uh, Thanks for listening. DeltaDispatchers.org. See you next week.